0: Welcome to Living Words from the Gospel of John. I'm Mark Verkler. I'm glad to have you back. And Let me just share my screen and we're going to go to John chapter 9. And today I'd like to switch from, normally we use the New American Standard. I'd like to switch over to the Passion Translation and just just read it from there. Um, It's a little bit easier and smoother sometimes and I think that For a few chapters here, which is very story format, that it would be nice to read from the Passion Translation. So, chapter 9. Afterward, as Jesus walked down the street, he noticed a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Teacher, whose sin caused this guy's blindness, his own or the sins of his parents? Jesus answered, Neither. It happens to him so that you could watch him experience God's miracle." While I am with you, it's daytime and we must do the works of God who sent me while the light shines for there's coming a dark night when no one will be able to work. As long as I am with you, my life is the light that pierces the world's darkness. Then Jesus spat on the ground and made some clay with his saliva. Then he anointed the blind man's eyes with the clay. He said to the blind man. Now go and wash the clay from your eyes in the ritual pool of Siloam. And he went and washed his face and he came back and he could see for the first time in his life. This caused quite a stir amongst the people in the neighborhood, for they noticed the blind beggar was now seen. They began to say to one another, isn't this the blind man who once sat and begged? Some of them said, nah, can't be him. Others said, yeah, but it looks just like him. It has to be him. And all the while, the man kept insisting, I'm the man who was blind. (laughs) Finally, they asked him, well, what has happened to you? He replied, I met a man named Jesus. He rubbed clay in my eyes and said, go to the pool, named Salone, and wash. (laughs) So I went, and while I was washing the clay from my eyes, I began to see for the very first time ever. So the people of the neighborhood inquired, where is this man? He said, I have no idea, the man replied. So the people marched him over to the Pharisees to speak with them. (laughs) They were concerned because the miracle Jesus performed by making clay with his saliva and anointing the man's eyes happened on a Sabbath day, a day that no one's allowed to work. When the Pharisees asked the man, how did you have your sight restored? He replied, a man anointed my eyes with clay. Then he washed, and now I can see for the first time in my life. Then an argument broke out amongst the Pharisees over the healing of the blind man in the Sabbath. Some said, this man who performed this healing is clearly not from God. He doesn't even observe the, the Sabbath. Other side said, if Jesus is not an ordinary sinner, if Jesus is just an ordinary sinner, how could he perform a miracle like that? This prompted them to turn to the man, healed of blindness, putting him on the spot in front of them all, demanding an answer. They asked, who do you say he is? The man who opened your blind eyes. Is he a prophet of God? Uh, He is a prophet of God, the man replied. Still refusing to believe the man had been healed and that he was truly blind from birth, the Jewish leaders called for the man's parents to be brought to him. And they asked his parents, is this this your son? They said, yes. Was he really born blind? Yes, he was, they replied. So they pressed the parents to answer. How then is it that he is seen? We have no idea, they answered. We don't know what happened to our son. Ask him, he's a mature adult. He can speak for himself. Now the parents were obviously intimidated by the Jewish religious leaders But they'd already announced to the people that anyone who publicly confessed Jesus as the Messiah, they would be excommunicated. That's why they told him, ask him. He's a mature adult. He can speak for himself. So once again, they summoned the man who was healed of blindness. They said to him, swear to God, tell us the truth. We know the man who healed you is a sinful man. Do you agree? The healed man replied, I have no idea what kind of a man he is. All I know is that I was blind, and now I can see for the first time in my life. But what did he do to you, they asked. How did he heal you? The man responded, I told you once, and you didn't listen to me. Why do you make me repeat it? Are you wanting to be his followers too? (laughs) This angered the Jewish leaders. They heaped insults on him we can tell that you're one of his followers. Now we know it. We are the true followers of Moses. For we know that God spoke to Moses directly, but as for this one, we don't know where he's coming from. Well, what a surprise this is, the man said. You don't even know where he comes from, and he healed my eyes, and now I can see. (laughs) We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but only to godly people who do his will. Yet you have Yet who has ever heard of a man born blind that was healed and given back his eyesight? I tell you, if this man isn't from God, he wouldn't be able to heal me like he has. Some of the Jewish leaders were enraged and said, just who do you think you are to lecture us? You were born a blind, filthy sinner. So they threw the man out in the street. True Christianity for sure. When Jesus learned that they'd thrown him out, he went to find him and said, Do you believe in the Son of God? The man whose blind eyes were healed answered and said, Who is he, Master? Tell me that I may place my faith in him. Jesus replied, You're looking at him. He's speaking with you. It's me, the one in front of you now. Then the man threw himself at his feet and worshipped Jesus and said, Lord, I believe in you. And Jesus said, I have come to judge those who think they see and make them blind. And for those who are blind, I have come to make them see. Some of the Pharisees were standing nearby and overheard these words. They interrupted Jesus and said, you mean to tell us that we are blind? Jesus told them, if you would acknowledge your blindness, then your sin would be removed. But now that you claim to see... Your sin remains with you. Wow, hot and heavy controversy. All over a miracle, healing. Pretty amazing that religious people can get so bent out of shape when a believer in God lays hands on someone and gets them healed and then they have to call the guy demonized. Hmm. Wonder if that still happens today actually, it does still happen today, which is really, really sad. All right, so here's some journaling questions from chapter 9, verses 1 to 41. Lord, I enter your gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I enter your courts with praise. Is it possible that one's sin sins sin to their parents can be the reason for their infirmity? Yes, Mark, it is. Parents who are on drugs while birthing a child can pass addiction onto their child. That is one simple example. So yes, confession of one's sins and the sins of your parents is always of value in restoring health. James speaks of this. However, recognize that there are also other reasons for infirmity, which is why you constantly need my leading in all things. Second question. Lord, what would you say to me about traditions blinding me to truth? Mark, traditions and beliefs which are strongly held and emotionally charged put blinders on one's eyes. Generally, you never look around the blinders to see what is on the other side. And if you do look and it's different from what you expect, it's very easy to simply reject it and explain away what you're seeing. Few see clearly and easily because of strongly held traditions. So hold your traditions lightly. Hmm. Good word. All right, question three Lord, what can keep me from setting in judgment against new things being revealed in my day? Mark. Not forming an opinion without asking me what I think about it. My thoughts are not your thoughts. When you react without first checking with me, you get it wrong, essentially, all of the time. (laughs) So come, listen, receive, and then decide. Wow. All right, let me just review these three questions. So if you want to jot them down so you can ask the Lord these, you can. Of course, you can ask different questions. Lord, is it possible that one's sins or the sins of their parents can be the reason for their infirmity? And Lord, what would you say to me about traditions blinding me to truth? What would you say about traditions blinding me to truth? And question three, Lord, what can keep me from sitting in judgment against new things being revealed in my day. (laughs) Because for sure, the the Bible says, the Lord says, behold, I do a new thing. And and church history is filled with with new insights, with new revelation. I mean, the whole Protestant Reformation was a new thing that God was doing as he's revealing truth and every new denomination or sect, whatever you want to call them, Calvinism, Arminianism, Luther, Lutherism, each one had a new insight and a new revelation and the baptist you know and uh so we got revelation continuously and um unfortunately there was a quite a bit of reaction to the new revelation there were wars over this there was fighting over this or people were put to put to death they were tortured Uh, so it's just it's astounding how narrow-minded we are and strongly we hold our opinions but I'm thinking that to a great extent the people weren't hearing the voice of God. So they were living out of their own logic and their own reason, which is very faulty, very fractured, because we never were taught how to clearly hear God's voice. So I'm very glad that I live in an age where God is clearly teaching his church how to hear his voice. He's restoring the prophetic flow. He's done it throughout the last hundred years. And I'm just really thankful that we can be part of that restoration. Realizing the voice of God is simple flowing thoughts that flow within us. It's the river that flows within us. We're not hard at all to hear his voice. So we tune to the Holy Spirit, the river within. We tune to flow. With a smile on our face, ask for insight, input. God gives us input. We can journal it out just like they did in the Bible, just like we're doing now. And we can live out of the voice of God, which I believe is what he designed for us to do in the Garden of Eden. Walks in the cool of the day. It's what he restored in the Emmaus Road. It's what he restored when he tore the, the veil from top to bottom at the, at his at his crucifixion. Tore, the veil was tore so we could all enter into the Holy of Holies and have be, and come directly into the presence of God and hear his voice. So I want to encourage you to do that because living out of tradition and theology is definitely not the way. It's really, really, really clear. As we go through John, it is not the way. And um, the path is to live in intimate encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ that to hear his voice. So I encourage you to do some journaling. Feel free to share your journaling with your spiritual advisors if you have any questions about it. And then come on back and we will go on uh, further into the Gospel of John. God bless you. This is Mark Berkler signing off.